To quote Greg DeMarco, what is up? Welcome into the Babyface Heel Podcast. Once again, I am not Greg DeMarco. And once again, she is not Greg DeMarco. We are Patrick O'Dowd and Miranda Morales. We are the new besties. New, new besties, I guess, is I guess it's it. official at this it. point. Yeah, everyone, Miranda, confetti. I don't, I don't have confetti. I can do, I can do this. There's, there's applause. That's always good. But yeah, no, uh, Craig is getting hammered pretty hard at not hammered. Like he's not drinking right now. Yeah, he's yeah, just yeah no, no, no. He's, he's just really inundated with work. Yes, he is. He is officially for those wrestling podcast cast fans out there. He's become the Bruce Pritchard of the Chairshot Network. Uh, that's that's really what it is. And and that reminds me, you are listening to the Babyface Heel Podcast on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the Chairshot dot com. Got got to make sure we pay those proverbial bills. And yeah, Miranda and I are back. We're going to continue to hold that fort. Our friendship will grow. We will have fewer interruptions Miranda tugging at my heart earlier in our chats posting Star Wars gifts trying to keep on the nerdy good side how how are you anyway like how how has the week been like you know yeah no I mean it's it's been good I one of the interesting things about uh, us as far as our one of a common tie theme that we have is we all work in the system of higher education in different roles and so uh right now i'm in a pretty busy period at work up until by may 17th things will calm down when the actual semester starts on my side i know greg's kind of in the same boat um so the next few weeks are, are busy but you know i got my second vaccination on uh friday so I, I have deserves- to admit, I was super nervous because the first one hurt. It hurt. And yeah. it made my, it was like someone punched me in the arm so hard. And I had heard so many things about the second shot, but it went swimmingly. You know, it hurt oh, less than the first time around. And I had no side effects. So I was relieved, relieved um, that the second one went so well. So I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm excited. I feel like I can kind of go about in, in the world again. That's great. I got my second shot uh, this past Thursday as nice. well. I um I did not like and I got the Pfizer shot. Me too. Uh, it's like we're meant to be. Uh, and so I, I thought it was really funny because like I was fine. I like, got got the yeah. shot. I was like, oh, I got a shot in my arm. And then the, this past Thursday, got the shot again, went bowling that night, like was fine. Uh, but I... I too am in a higher ed, and I will be busy until about the seventeenth as well. Uh, just as we wrap up our f- spring semester and then start our summer s- summer sessions, but two of the people who work that I supervise also were getting shots at the same time because there's a, a vaccination clinic on campus, and we all got appointments. And there's this one person who's a bit of a hypochondriac, hypochondriac because like. He goes in before I do. I see them because, you know, they've got everybody with the little curtains or whatever. He's leaving after getting his shot done. I'm there. I get mine. And, like, so, like, the span of, like, five minutes, 
we've both gotten our shots and you have to sit and they have to watch you for the 15 minutes to make sure you don't mm-hmm. keel over and die. And he starts being like, I'm, I'm already lightheaded. Like I'm starting, I'm like, dude, no, you yeah. just, you, you have decided that this is going to impact you. It's like when you go to WebMD and you just look up one symptom and then you, you see all these other symptoms and right. you're like, wait, I think I feel that too. I think I have this. Oh, and yeah. then it just spirals out of control. Well, and and so I have um I have these four I, I oversee I oversee deaths, right? I've got these four deaths. And three out of the four staff members who work these deaths got the shot on the same day. One of them was already vaccinated. The next day, all three of them were like, oh, the shots really messed me up. I can't go to work. I'm like, bull. Like, the, the sarcastic ass in me was like, bullshit. Yes. Stop it. How, okay. How, mm, yeah, how convenient that all of it. And everyone does have different reactions. Maybe. So I, I do understand that. But And yet I don't believe them. So... <laughs> I'm just saying, like, uh, I have my doubts, but that's neither here nor there. And we're going to, we are going to talk some wrestling today. We're going to talk about, uh, we're going to talk about wrestling and hockey intersecting, following yes. up on a story that we it's talked like about. It's like a dream week for Patrick O'Dowd It is, it's here. a great week He gets to co-host with me again, and he gets to talk hockey, and Greg DeMarco isn't here to interrupt him, like... Whoa! Right, that, we, this is like we joked last week about how this you know episodes are like just a full danger zone epi- card episode. Like I feel like that's that's literally what will be happening this week. Yeah, and I think that that's okay. I'm totally fine with that. And so is the so is the audience. See, they're still happy. Audience, yeah, yep. they, they approve. They approve. Do can now, we do the Thunderdome of uh, the Babyface Heel podcast? Like he just one of these days we're gonna have a whole. Thunderdome-ish. We'll have to come up with its own name, but uh, we might, you know, yeah. I I can get dome. behind that. I'm sorry, what was that? I was gonna say just the dome. I don't know. I have to come up with some names. We'll come up with some names, but yeah, yeah I mean, we have our own essentially Thunderdome live audience here uh, for tonight's uh, episode of the Baby Face Heel Podcast. So That's we're gonna be firing on all cylinders tonight. Yeah, I'm feeling good. We're also gonna talk uh, about Kenny Omega's big day this past weekend. It was a big day for Kenny Omega. How much of a big day it was for Impact? That's up for debate. And then this week's Babyface Heel, we're going to the women's side of the house and we're going to talk about the talented LOL Charlotte wins herself, Charlotte Flair. So great lineup today. Looking forward to it. But before we do all of that, I do think, and I'm going to make sure I say this right, it might be time for you to wind it up. Is that what you say? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It is time to wind it up. Well, for what? Why? Well, it's because it's time for you to go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot to get your very own chair shot t-shirt today. When you go there, you're going to find over 25 different t-shirt designs all in support of the chair shot.com. That includes the unofficial official t-shirt of Patrick O'Dowd, hashtag save tag team wrestling, the queen of soft style shirt, 
And everybody hates Greg. So go to ProWrestlingTees.com. You're going to find some great t-shirts. Also, like multiple Always Use Your Head t-shirts, the OG Chair Shot logo, and of course, shirts in support of other podcasts, including uh, Bandwagon Nerds, A Winner Is You, and much, much more. If you go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Chair Shot, shirts start at $19.99. But if you pay just a little bit more, you can get it in soft style, which is highly recommended, especially as we're getting into the warmer months. You're going to want to be comfortable. And you can even get it in sleeveless soft style. So we have you covered for every season. That's ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Chair Shot to get your very own t-shirt today. Sleeveless soft style, huh? Yep. It's the so thing. Like, it, it's real. So- like I always joke with on on bandwagon nerds, I always say you go soft style if you want your giblets to feel good. Uh, so now you can have your giblets feel good and take people to the gun show all at once. That's what oh, I'm hearing. Oh yes, it's summer. It's getting to be summertime. You know, gym so, can laundry. So you know you gotta you gotta have the guns out. Suns out, guns out. I also think that maybe we now that we're besties, um, we need a, a shirt like a Patrick yes. Mayan shirt, like. And in fact, we could just call it the new besties. Like, and and we should just. Oh assume. my gosh! Pat, <laughs> use my heart is so warmed up. I think we have little I, I cartoon think, faces of ourselves. Uh, that see, you uh, get it, you get it. You yes, know exactly. Yes, now we just need somebody who can who can caricature us so that we can be the new besties. It'll be the hottest tag team in all of podcasting. Oh, and of course, you gotta support the tag teams. Right. No now, other way. Now I'm worried that Greg might get the wrong idea because we're also the trios tag team champions of, of podcasting as well. So it, like, I feel like this is a free bird roulette sort of thing. It is, but or, I mean, you also have to think about sometimes tag teams, you know, break apart. I mean, think about the new day, you know, Xavier true. and Kofi are doing their own thing while Big E is, is doing his thing. Well, Big E is um, working 12 hours a day. At- <laughs> yeah. You know, that's the only good example I, I have right now because yeah. some other factions are not doing either they're together or they're completely torn apart. So, right. Well, and I was going to say, because the only other like pair that ever split out of out of a trio was the Freebirds. And nobody wants to be Michael P.S. Hayes and Je- and Jam and Jimmy Garvin. Like nobody wants the Jimmy Garvin role. Like and not that not that there's anything wrong with Jimmy. Nobody wanted no. you in the Freebirds. Sorry. No, I just oh, said that's honorary yeah. Freebird notwithstanding, like what else. Anyway, so put that on we'll put that we're gonna put a pin in the shirt. But mm-hmm. the new bestie shirt I feel is a is a thing. It's gonna it's gonna be coming. Um let's talk re- let's talk wrestling. Let's talk about this big story that's kind of a turn on the Wednesday night war. Uh, right. Because there it was announced that Turner Sports is narrowing in on a 7-year contract with the NHL. Mm-hmm. Now, Miranda, we talked about this on a previous episode of the Babyface Heel podcast, but why is this news even remotely significant to a wrestling podcast. Well, other to this one, other than we have a major NHL fan in you, but uh, really this comes down to 
One of the initial reasons uh, that was speculated as to why NXT was moving from Wednesday nights to Tuesday nights, and that was with NBC Sports, uh, that channel no longer going to be around, that a lot of their programming was going to be moving to other uh, NBC Universal entities, including USA. Um, At the time, it was speculated that hockey was going to come into the place of Wednesday nights, and that was going to be the reason, you know, why um, NXT was moving to a different day. Um, And, you know, lots of stories about the the Wednesday night wars and and how it ended for some people soon, uh, some people not soon enough. But that was the big story happening just a little what a, a month ago um, yeah. we haven't even had nxt um on tuesdays for very long but that was just within the you know a month month and a half right and i i mean i i guess i gotta go retract a tweet because i snarkily replied to somebody um supporting the the dave Meltzer like nxt didn't move for the nhl or whatever like i i just remember being like they, they had some other reason why NXT moved from Wednesday, and I was like, or it could be because of the whole hockey thing, you know, what they talked about. Um, so, yeah, I guess this does beg the question. Does the speculation that AEW moves to Tuesday happen? Is that real? Could it be? And if so, is the war back on? <laughs> Yeah, let's get to the point. Is the war back on? Because going back to what you were saying, a lot of people uh, were, you know, sources, wrestling news sites and fans in general, um, especially AEW fans and a little bit of AEW themselves thought that NXT was moving nights because they no longer wanted to be in competition with AEW. Um, And AEW kept winning the the ratings war for most most of the actual length of time that they were um, airing on the same night, and that WWE and specifically USA was no longer interested in having to compete for ratings with the same demographics. That is the narrative that was out there um, as as to the reason why. It does make it a little bit more suspicious in the fact that we all thought it was a done deal with right. uh, this move as far as NHL coming into that Wednesday time slot. The fact that this comes out now that says it wasn't a done deal does make people, it makes you wonder why did they move um, and in some ways so suddenly because it, it at least for us the turnover with the news compared to them when the time change happened was fairly quickly, but it does seem like they didn't solidify that deal. Um, and if they didn't solidify it, why did they move it without solidifying this deal first? And this is where Greg would play the conspiracy theory music and, and we'd get all the, something like, something like that. Yes. I, uh, I don't know. I I just I don't entirely I don't entirely buy it. Uh, I think I could buy it from USA's end. I don't think the WWE cares uh, so much. Like if AEW moves over to over to Tuesday, I don't think we're gonna see it playing hopscotch unless USA determines it. But was it really that much of a war? Because uh, it's not like the ratings were that far apart. 
No. Right? Like they were they were they were always within points of each other and you know and then there was the net yeah and then there was the the internet and streaming like views and and i think those were different and Mm -hmm. i think that's where a lot of nxt traffic gets gets driven it's i think it's been interesting how much i miss the old wwe network now because peacock sucks it's it's different it's it's definitely different here's it it, i know that more like i know that they're going to be putting more content on it's it's horribly clunky to navigate Mm -hmm. it is horribly clunky to navigate like give me categories give me give me an a to z listing like i Mm -hmm. don't understand what like i don't get to pick categories i go through it's awkward yeah well and and i think going back to nbc peacock i feel like they are relying more on their content to sell it than the user friendly appeal um and i do think peacock even though it'd been in the works for some time doesn't seem like it was in the works as long as some other streaming services were so i think that based off of you know what they were able to collect and pull from you know, whatever they, they had from their entities um, seemed like it was a little hastily put together, but probably went in saying we have all this great content with NBC shows um, and acquired some other uh, types of, you know, TV and movies. And then with the WWE network, you know, that's what they're getting as you can get so much content really for a good price with six ninety nine uh, a month, like super, super oh, cheap. Yeah. Half, um, the price, half but, the price of the old WWE network. Yeah. But they're also then like, well, you know, you're going to come for the content. You were they're They're not even seemingly like that, uh, haste about, you know, fixing those types of nuances with, yeah. you know, uh, the, too, the user experience. They're too busy pulling out racist content or something, I guess that, yeah, that, they're, that, they're that poor fixed. intern that has that job. Like, Oh God, how rough would that be? I um to get this back to to the actual conversation uh it does it does beg a question of did the rug get pulled out from underneath USA what what really happened there or NBC Universal um did they just decide that it wasn't worth what like to combat TNT maybe TNT put out a better offer and NBC was like I don't want to match that and so here we are in this kind of interesting ironic thing where Maybe maybe we're seeing dynamite move though. Who knows? Maybe maybe the NHL will. Maybe the game of the week won't be a Wednesday game. You yeah, know who I mean? knows? It's not it like does, the, it's not it, like the NBA. The NBA, I think, has more sway. Obviously. Yes, yes, and this won't be happening until October. That's when right. apparently the the season starts. So there is time. It does leave you to kind of beg the question, especially as AEW has stated many times that they're not here to compete with WWE. Well, that's a when the Wednesday Night Wars first started, AEW announced Dynamite first, and then NXT came out. And so yeah, there's fans who say, you know what? A- WWE pulled out first. They're the ones who initiated this by specifically airing content on the same night at the same time. If AEW were to make a move to Tuesdays, now they're kind of following again and they're resetting this up when they wouldn't have to. Um, But, but 
it seems I mean, like they would want to because right. that fueled that, a lot of does. that ego and a lot right. of that content and it's almost like they would need to continue that with with in some way that competition with with WWE because it does seem like as much as they have publicly stated they're not in it for competition it has become part of their identity i i still day 1 Cody smashed a throne with a fucking sledgehammer. And from from that moment forward, I take nothing that they say about competing with the WWE seriously. Even on a, a, a micro level with NXT. You know, if that's if that's the battle they want to have, go for it. Um, they've got the they've got the the internet wrestling community on their side, like it's it's just clear. Like to the extent that Dave Meltzer this week in talking about ratings talked about how AEW outperformed everything categorized as sports, but the W and, and not counting and that meant. Not that it beat Raw, but that he made he made the big point to be like, but Monday Night Raw wasn't listed as sports. So it was like they outperformed everything except for the big like Raw and SmackDown. Like, okay. It just doesn't it just doesn't really mean too much. And the audience I still need to see growth out of the audience. I need to see more eyeballs on the product for me to ever be believe that there's any level of a war here. And until that happens, you know what? Vince McMahon is laughing his way to the bank left and right i mean i just i literally right before the show finished listening to vince talk about roddy roddy piper uh after this week's biography episode so he's got me there this isn't going you know it's 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 not going to go anywhere the war is imagined and yet people will keep fighting it and yeah i think that's all i got to say about that as far as i mean we'll see what happens with AEW. I think now um, that's the bigger question is where, where is AEW going to land? And in some ways uh, the natural choice, when you look at the other days available is Tuesday, unless yeah. Thursday's an option, but then that, you know, and we'll get into in, in a second, actually about impact, then impact has to move again. Like, yeah. I feel so bad Nobody. for impact and all this. Cause they've Nobody's literally been, impact. Everyone, they've literally been on television every day of the week since they've started. Like literally every day of the week. But um, in some ways, it, it works with their content flow since they already have content on Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays. They could switch what they do on um, Dark Around with Dynamite. What I don't know. There's there's a lot of things that that could leave it up. But you know, it does leave a lot of, of people speculating that the war may not be over. But if, if it's not, if they do move to Tuesdays, to me it does feel like they're looking for the fight. They want the fight, and they kind of need the fight. And if that's kind of your motivation behind it, or if that's a big driving force where now you're following the WWE, we all know what happens. We've seen that story far too many times. Nobody yeah. wins that game. Oh, no, so, yeah, no, nobody beats Vince. So, at least nobody yeah, has, just, nobody has yet. History. So, yes. we'll, we'll we'll have to wait and see what happens. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we will talk about Impact Wrestling. Poor, 
poor little Impact Wrestling. And Kenny Omega's big win this past weekend. You're listening to the Babyface Seal Podcast on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of thechairshot.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Too slow, once again, as I try to splice these commercials up so that we have two commercial breaks instead of one. Uh, I could ne- Next time, I'm just going to have you recite, are you looking for the bad? And we'll, we'll just have you do the, the Give me the reader. Give me the reader. I'll do it live. No, Screw it was my it. We'll fl- do it live. <laughs> I actually don't have, I don't know. I don't have readers. Oh, sad. I have readers, like glasses. But, <laughs> but I... Nothing, nothing so professional as that. Okay, so this past weekend, TNA had itself a little pay-per-view. Uh, How about you f- call it TNA? Oh, sorry, Impact Wrestling has itself a little bit. It's <laughs> funny. We'll talk about that in a second. Like it's, uh, it will always be TNA for many, many people. You know, I um, because you know, I, I listen to to a lot of the Conrad Thompson podcasts, and this week they as I plug another podcast network and Greg cringes. But him and Bischoff were talking about the terrible TNA name and like just what it implied and what it meant and all of that. And it is, you're right. It's so ingrained in like my, in my brain. Like it's just, that's all I've got. So, but yeah, impact wrestling, I'm sorry. They uh, they did just have themselves a pay-per-view, Rebellion. They had a main event involving a champion versus champion match where AEW champion Kenny Omega took on Impact Wrestling champion Rich Swan, And as often predicted, repeatedly talked about on the show, Kenny Omega defeated Rich Swan. And is now the Impact, you know, Impact Wrestling Champion. He's got three titles now because he's got the AAA title as well. And okay, so I'll turn this over to you. Is this, as Greg said, oh no, are you still with me? There you are. Your face froze. Uh, Did I? Yes, yes. Your face froze. Now repeat the question. So where did I leave off? What, what was the last thing you heard before I disappeared? Uh, just something that Greg said. Oh, I mean, that's usually what it's like is, when Greg says something. I don't pay attention. But is it, is it like, as Greg said, this is one big vanity project for Kenny Omega and an ego stroke for AEW to kind of pick on Impact? Or 
does Impact get any sort of rub out of this? What I, and I guess that's the real question is what's next for Impact? What what yeah. does this do for the Impact brand? Because we know what it does for for Kenny Omega. He gets to stand triumphantly with three belts around him now as he works his way toward the Ultimo Dragon look. What does this do for Impact? <laughs> You know, it, it, it's a good question because I think leading up to this, it just did feel very one-sided with Impact really doing all of the legwork to promote this match. Um, and and hindsight now, though, you looking at it, there were some benefits to this that Impact did receive um, as far as the publicity. They are getting all the publicity behind this now. They got all of the pay-per-view buys. And we have to admit there were people who watched in to impact for the very first time because Kenny Omega was on this pay-per-view. Um, and so they did get that publicity. They did get the extra attention. Um, it's been, you know, all over the, the internet and social media as well. Um, it does do something, for, you know, I think what it helps or it, it does in a way that maybe, we don't really know or won't fully understand, but it, it's this dual thing for me where I feel like the impact championship is now both devalued and elevated. Um, one, because it feels kind of like a prop for this story of Kenny Omega collecting all of these belts. That also includes the TNA world heavyweight championship, which they did reactivate and create a unified championship or unified champion, um, but they were never truly unified. And that too makes it feel like a prop, but it's elevated when you think about, you know, Kenny Omega, one of the most popular and, you know, skilled wrestlers in the world now has this title. Um, I think for me, it's going to be kind of what happens with it, how what's, what is this rain going to look like? That's how, for me, where this thermometer or, or where this scale is going to change. Because if it's really just treated as a toy, as something that isn't respected or valued, then it's going to really look bad for impact. But if he truly honors it and you know somehow even defends it once or twice, then I don't think it's a bad deal at the end. When you think about it, impact has dealt with not having their champion quite some time that was last year when tessa blanchard um left the company and she had the title with her they've had programming not surrounding the world championship and they've been able to do it okay so i think that that's still possible for impact to to do on a short-term basis and come back from it and recover i do think whoever ends up beating kenny for the impact titles will be a made person and i think that will be the big payoff but it's still seemingly in the unknowns for me yet even though we've come to this milestone of kenny winning the belts i to be honest i'm still unsure about what this means for the company and what it means for impact until you know, whether we see this on AEW television and he has all of these belts or, you know, how this is helps put over the next person. Well, it's, it's about the story that they tell, right? Like, mm-hmm. like that's basically what I, what I'm hearing you say. I, it's going to sound, I don't know if it'll sound crazy. I honestly feel like Kenny Omega needs to hold the TNA world championship for a long time mm-hmm. and interesting and be a 
be a champion that is like, and who knows what his schedule is and what he can, what he can actually work and what they'll actually do. But if he's, if he is able to be TNA world champion for say six months to a year, which in current modern wrestling times, like that's forever, six months, that's a long time forever as a champion, a year, even longer. And they continue with this AEW superiority narrative that just runs throughout Impact with with this whole, you know, thing, whether it's Tony Khan and Tony Schiavone popping up and and running down the company or, you know, everything that's going on with Don Callis and and all that. But if you have Kenny, the AEW standard bearer slash Impact champion, running roughshod over the company... That made person then can be created and built yeah. for a big victory to to then be the flag bearer for for um for impact. And it could be done it can it could be a better payoff than the sting over Hogan payoff if it's done right. Now, is it gonna get the kind of numbers that something like that did? Obviously not. But the you know, one of the greatest storylines in WCW during the Monday Night Wars was Sting as the hero who was going to unseat Hogan. And then that moment happens at Starcade and it's supposed to be huge. Now WCW yeah. fumbled the football and mm-hmm. made Sting look like a goof and you know, because he wasn't tan enough or he was out of shape or whatever's going on with Sting's life. Who cares? They they fumbled the football on that with Hogan and and Sting, and, and it took away what could have been a huge run for Sting. I think if they if they do this with Omega and build a guy to be the one to chase Omega and bring him down in six months to, dare I say, a year, that's a great story. That is a great redemption for Impact. That is a great redemption for, even if it's Rich Swan, you know, which I don't think it will be, but... That that could tell a story that would be like, okay, this did some good for Impact. Because if Kenny Omega leaves and just goes Casper, like you said, those eyeballs are going to go away. And you got to keep those eyeballs around. You you do. And, I mean, I think they could even do that on a short-term basis. I mean, the next big pay-per-view that, or that uh, AEW is running is Double or Nothing. And right. if they could have the impact slash TNA world championship being defended at that level, that's going to be great crossover appeal. And that's going to make, you know, anyone who's on that impact roster, if they can wrestle on there, I think the challenge has been, and will continue to be, it will make sense now that Kenny is, is the impact world champion that the story is only kind of being told on impact side, but it does continue to kind of lose its wear and fans may not care on the AEW side um, because, uh, and it seems like it's multiple things that there's maybe some technical obligations in which, you know, AEW can't really um, promote it as much that there's some financial things that apparently, um, you know, AEW has invested in and impact is can't financially invest in it as much. So that's why they're just really leveraging what they can with their TV time to do it. Um, But, you know, 
I, it's also thinking about why is this happening? It is because of Kenny. It is this thought process of he is, you know, the belt collector. And so he's on this path to collect all of these belts. Why? To prove that he is the best in the world, that he is this wrestling god. And so these belts get used as a prop for that. And right. you wonder what which belt is, is next, but you think about the AAA Mega Campion, like, you know, that hasn't been defended mainly too because AAA hasn't been able to run very many shows, but you're also not going to see, it hasn't been mentioned on, on AEW television. Hell, you barely even see it. Um, and that's not being defended on AEW television. I predict the same with maybe the Impact and TNA championships. When we, maybe we'll see it this week as a prop, or maybe we see it, you know, on a table backstage. But when it comes to him coming out to the ring, it's always going to be focused on the AEW title. And I think that is where some precious airtime gets lost. And whatever that fifth, fifth belt is or the next belt will it, it kind of devalues it in the sense that this is all being built up to put over one person. And you think about legacies of the belt, of course, you know, the belt doesn't, doesn't make the man, the man banks the belt um, or the title. Um, but in this case, these titles are being used to elevate someone to this godlike level. And do we need that in, in pro wrestling right now? To be honest, I don't think so. You know, no. the Kenny's talent speaks for itself. He doesn't need all of these championships um, in order to for us to know that. We know he's that talented. It's the matches and his competitors and the stories. That is what will get people to really see that, not how many belts he has. Right. And that's where it goes back to that vanity project question that we talked about before. Is is this really is this really just an ego stroke for, for a wrestler? And And maybe it is. I mean, it is to some degree. But, yeah. you know, because you just, it's disingenuous to say that, you know, I want all these belts because I'm amazing. It doesn't, doesn't smack of ego a little bit, but we'll see. And hopefully we're wrong. Like, and that it's not going to just be a focused on AEW thing. Hopefully it's, it's going to do something to, to keep impact and, and build some momentum and, and elevate that company, which, you know, you joked about it, but has been moved around, has, been the little engine they could for yeah. longer now than I think WCW has been in existence. Like it's been mm-hmm. it's so many different models and ways and it just keeps going and it keeps trying and it's got the wrestlers to do it. It's got the it's got a it's actually not a bad two hours of television either. Like if you go and, and check out an episode of Impact, like it's it's solid stuff. If I could get DirecTV to stop recording both the original air and the replay, no matter how many times I tell it, first run only DirecTV. I don't need two copies. I don't need four hours of impact. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Apparently you do. No, I do not. What, what's going on? Did you drop the mic? The mic. Uh, I was going to do a mic drop, and then I said no. I, too early for that. Too early? Cool. Well, what is um, what we'll do then is as you get yourself settled back in, I am not going to play a second commercial because when I idiotically stopped that commercial, uh, it then started the whole set over again. And I don't want to be stupid and play through that twice. And so that, kids, is why you are not getting a second commercial break. Promotional consideration. Just kidding. Now we know. That's what I was and trying to play. Is half the battle. And the magic is lost. When I tried to give the la- uh, tried to give the lesson and then do the GI Joe thing, 
This is what we miss you, Greg. All right. I'm sorry. We, yeah. we just can't do it without you. You're so much better than us. Ego stroke, ego stroke, ego stroke. You're amazing. The end. Yeah. I mean, he's almost like a, he's a podcast collector, not a belt collector, but a podcast collector. That's true. Yeah. I, so. So we will just segue right into the baby face heel portion of uh, the baby face heel podcast and talk about a a wrestler I think that we all have a great deal of respect for and appreciate and is somebody who has straddled both the lines of heel and babyface in their relatively brief time up on the main roster. She has her own joke here on the Babyface Heel podcast, LOL Charlotte Wins, and that is... That is the one, the only Charlotte Flair, the daughter of the Nature Boy, the dirtiest player of the game. Player in the game. It was funny. I during our WrestleMania buildup, I rewatched. I'm sorry, I love you, and Charlotte's, you know, in the in the audience, she yeah. looks like a completely different human being. Like mm-hmm. it's mind blowing, uh, and and if you've ever, I can't remember if it's her. Like she did like one of those behind the scene like documentary things with WWE where she talks about what prompted her to pursue wrestling and her relationship with her brother with Reed and and his passing and how that kind of made her take the final step forward. But she has been a mainstay and a flag bearer. I think that's about the third or fourth time I've used that phrase today on the on the podcast for the women's division in the WWE, whether it be SmackDown, Raw, or all the above. One of the four horsewomen, so to speak. And so, yeah, I think that who we got? Do we like Charlotte Flair better as a babyface or as a heel? Yeah. Man, well, looking, and you're right, like her career hasn't been very lengthy as of yet, but she's already super, super accomplished. I think, what, 10-time champion? Um, between the mix of, um, you know, NXT, a Raw, SmackDown, and uh, Tag Team uh, Champion. I mean, they're they're stacking them up. But that is because she is one of the most athletic and gifted women in the entire company, if not in really the world. She was able to translate uh, her athletic background um, in volleyball and just someone who grew up playing sports and made that transition to wrestling. I think one of the tr- the, the areas that for her took the longest time was her identity as a wrestler. Um, when she first started in NXT, she did not use Flair as her last name. She didn't have a last name. It was just Charlotte. And um, as time went on, you know, you started to see more of the nuances uh, of her dad and using the last name and embodying the character of Ric Flair more and more. And at first it seemed like a hard sell. And I think that was more when she was first really becoming a heel. It was more challenging to see her as that because in NXT, she she did have a, a good face run. But when you get really settled in, and a lot of it was then breaking apart from her dad and doing her own thing, she found her own heel footing. And that, to me, is when the magic happened. She used elements of what her dad was always great at in promos, but then started to do what made sense to her. 
And I think that blend worked out really well. So even now in her outfits and in her gear is always an homage to her family, but now it's becoming more her. And I feel like even now, one of the reasons I wanted to talk about her is that she has made her triumphant return uh, to Monday Night Raw and um, already is just playing one of the, the best heel roles in the entire show and continuously is growing in that role, she's, you know, now, I guess, somewhat manipulating Sonya Deville to uplift her suspension after a week and making a referee apologize to her, even though she beat the crap out of him. Like, it's those things that I think she's really grown into as a heel that, for me, makes me believe and feel she is much better as a heel than she has been as a face. Right. Well, you know what? One of the things you mentioned her, her gear and her look. I noticed this uh, the other day. She's all you. You talked about that homage to Rick. That's gotten smaller, yeah, um, and small. And like one of the distinctive looks that she would she would come in with the robe was the big like peacock um, flare behind her head, right? Mm-hmm. Like the peacock feather look. Uh, her newest look, you can barely. Yeah, I mean it's a robe, it. but it's it's really it's more like, it's like leather. It's almost like a vest. It's, yeah, it's it's. I like it. I think it looks. Oh no, really it's a cool. it's a terrific, terrific look. I I don't think that there's any question in my mind that heel Charlotte Flair is the best iteration. I completely agree with you. She has really made her own persona stemming from her father and it's amazing to see i don't know if amazing is the right word but you appreciate it right like you appreciate Mm -hmm. just the development that she's taking on and this current iteration that we're seeing coming back to raw where she's like look i'm it in this division like there is me and then there is everybody else and you all know it like this is basically what she's saying right like she Mm -hmm. is saying like I'm, I'm the top. I'm the cream of the crop, and she's not wrong. She no. is every bit the heart and soul and the best wrestler in the women's division that they have. And and I don't care how much you like Rhea Ripley. Uh, I don't care how much you like Sonya Deville or Becky Lynch or Sasha. And I love Sasha. Mm-hmm. But Charlotte's Charlotte is the standard. She is the gold standard. And she is, every, she's every, her character every bit knows it. She's gonna let you, she's gonna let you know it, and she's not gonna stop until she has what's hers again, and she and, and is you know standing there with that belt around her waist. Uh, answer your question: Ten singles championships. She was the last Divas champion, as well as four-time Raw Women's Champion and. Five-time SmackDown Women's Champion, so that is quite the quite the load. But yeah, I don't even think there's much debate here. I think that no. uh, once she showed her talent for for talking that that she got from her, like that she came by honest. Years of watching her father, I'm sure, working with her father, the training that she's had, she's competent in the ring, and she is a larger than life personality, and it really shines through when she is doing her own take 
on the dirtiest player in the game. So yes, I think that's that's what it is. I think we've called it Charlotte Flair heel. And with silence. And the silence drove the I, crowd mild. It did. I don't even, yeah, and I didn't even have the, I can't even, they're going to, they are disappointed in us. So they'll boo for a second. Uh, yeah. Sorry, sorry, we'll do better next time. There you go. There we, we go. We promise we'll do better next time. So I don't have a three-minute warning topic unless you have a three-minute warning topic. Uh, I know last week we sang the song, and this week uh, we didn't I mean, do that. Yeah, I mean, we kind of feel like we should have a three-minute warning topic just to be able to sing the song again. No. We, well, yes. Yeah. Well, you know, actually, uh, you were talking about it. Uh, we can briefly go over the, the Roddy Piper uh, AE oh, yeah. documentary, because I watched that as well and loved it. So... You've got three minutes and we're three out of here. Three minutes and we're out of here. The, the clock, clock is, is ticking, ticking and we're in the clear. We <laughs> in got the clear, we got three minutes, three minutes and we're out of here. There we go. We're terrible. Uh, I, I, yes. forgot to, I forgot to be like, all right, gentlemen, you have three minutes, so you better make it good. We, le- we left off Eric Bischoff, so. Yes. But that's okay. Uh, yeah, so Andy is doing, and uh, in, clearly in conjunction with WWE, Yes. Um, eight quote-unquote legends biography uh, episodes. I missed the Stone Cold Steve Austin one. I've got it set on my DVR to record. Um, I think on Wednesday is when the next, like, replay is. Like, you know, you kind of look in your channel guide and you're like, ah, there it is. But I watched the Roddy Piper one this evening before the show. And, you know, it's the family stuff. Is the is what really gets me when when watching these things is when family members are talking about you know Roddy's presence or lack thereof and what that meant to them you know seeing his wife and how emotional you know obviously she got you know that yeah. he passed away in his sleep and that she was just mm-hmm. glad that he was home when he passed away like that like it just gets you and you're like wow and then. Yeah. For me, watching his career, like as they show just moments and highlights from his career, it's just like you sit there and you shake your head and smile. And you're just like, damn, you just, he was so good. Yeah. He was so good. And whether it was gift of talk, he could, he, you know, he had his own distinctive brawler style in the ring that was special to see. But man, man, it's amazing. Yeah, I I really enjoyed it. I've watched both this one and the Stone Cold um, documentary. And what both emphasize, and I think we'll continue to see in this, is how challenging it is to be a professional wrestler um, when you're on the road hundreds of days out of the year, how it impacts your family. Um, he tended to go a more compartmentalized route where he would purposely take some extra time away from his family in between um, uh, travel so that way he can kind of decompress and get back to being himself um, instead of the character. And I think that's also a sign of how ingrained he was and how 
a lot of the best characters aren't really characters. They're an extension of people's true personalities, but that when you live it, you know, quote unquote, live in the gimmick, you're in that persona all of the time that when you then have to shift gears into a different component of your life, especially with family, it's not something that you can switch on and off. And I think that is a theme that we may continue to see throughout the series, but one in particular with Roddy Piper that he that you know that was a part of him even though that wasn't completely him the loud mouth outrageous uh blunt uh creative driven man that he was you know that 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 was him that was all a part of what was going on in his mind but it did have an impact on his family um but it also was you know especially his family in particular you know, really was aware of that and knew that and understood that and and seemingly, you know, really did try their best to to work through that, even knowing, you know, man, the the one scene that got me was when they were showing the clips of the NWO beating up on uh, Roddy Piper after he had the hip surgery and the scars and all of that. And it just, man, as kids, I can't imagine seeing that happen to your your dad and, like, how that just changed for them. Like, they just stopped watching for uh, a while. Um, Such an interesting perspective because watching that in the moment as a fan in the the late 90s, because I was in college, and I remember watching that scene. I remember being like, whoa, this is, like, this is great stuff. And you know, being like, this is huge and not really thinking about how that impacted the family. Yeah. That, that now I kind of look at it like, damn, like you, who, who thinks about that? And, you know, and it's not like Roddy went in with his eyes closed and didn't know that they were going to do that. Um, but it seems like his family might've been a little in the dark about it. Yeah. And, and it's also just the physical, what, what you, sacrifice physically and they talked about that too about you know his injuries and just going 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 for years and years and years and that you know um just impacted you know as his his home his health um and ultimately down the the road um his family thought you know what what helped contribute to his unfortunate passing um, is just a combination of, of so many things, but you're right in, in the moment too, you look at it as a fan as one thing, but hearing all of these insights from friends and family about, you know, all of these really what, what was happening behind the scenes, whether it was, you know, the famous matches, like what they talked about WrestleMania um, and the war to settle the score. Um, you know, his going to Atlanta and, and working there, like being able to hear those insights from people and what 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 it was behind the scenes compared to what we saw on TV right. is just very, very fascinating. And something I just respect and admire for everyone involved in this series, but in particular, this episode. The hardest thing for me to watch in that episode was that final interview that they show where he can't put a thought together. And it's it's heartbreaking because that's not an unfamiliar scenario for people, you know, as, as they get older for whatever reason, whether it's, you know some sort of degenerative thing with their brain or just their body's wearing mm-hmm. out and, and their mind isn't all there. And, and to see that was just, it's sad. Like I'd never seen that interview before. Like no, neither I, have I. I'd never seen that. So 
The only thing that um, I quibbled with a little bit is they, they talk about his controversy. They quietly ignored his biggest right? controversy. Yes. That, I like, we didn't talk about <laughs> WrestleMania 6. And I was just like, so we're not going to talk about it? Okay. We're not going to talk I, about it. And, and it was a long episode, but you know what? I I get it. But again, it's the WWE's hand in putting this together, and they're going to put his best face for it. The other thing I can't stand is um, Hulk Hogan. Um, oh, I know. And, I know. When he was talking about how he was like having to go in quibble between you know Roddy Piper and Mr. T and right. and how no one I'm just like are you hearing yourself talk like well, do you know who you are the one the one where years later where he like he's like Piper's like oh I could have made all this money with you and I'm like fuck you dude stop telling that story that's a that's such a Hogan way of remembering something and yeah I just I'm not that's the reason I'm not looking forward to the Randy Savage biography is because we're gonna have to listen to hogan's take on on his version of history and i just no no we don't need to hear that so they are they are good watches people are watching obviously i'm watching that obviously i'll probably watch the the macho man one too but i don't know man i just i i don't i don't love hogan on there i just we know what we're getting out of that yeah, you know, you know, and, it, and it's just like it's a skewed point of history, but overall, really well done. I, I do enjoy them, and like you said, I'm I'm definitely gonna be watching the the Macho Man one and probably all the rest of them. Yeah, me too. So we're at 56 minutes and 30 seconds. Boom, boom, it's here it. for us. So we're gonna wrap this episode up. Remind everybody where they can find you other than on the Twitter because you're not on the Twitter as the Twitterless heroine. Correct. Uh, you can find me at the hashtag Miranda on Instagram and Facebook. No Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, the hashtag Miranda, hashtag spelled out. And you can find me on the Twitter at Wrestling Realist, and that is at W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. You can catch Miranda and I every Wednesday here on the new Besties show, also known as the Babyface Heel Podcast. You can catch me every Monday afternoon on Bandwagon Nerds. This week we talked about all kinds of, well, Ray Cash talked about all kinds of stuff. He was he was a little dominant. He was very proud of Ooh. himself. Yeah, he, 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 had, he had a lot of words and he shared them. Uh, but we talk about all kinds of stuff, streaming services to, to movie trailers to the finale of Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Great, great stuff. This week's nerd review will be a review of the recently debuted Mortal Kombat film that's now playing on HBO Max, so we look forward to that. And that'll do it. Maybe next week we'll have Greg back and he can, yeah, and he can properly really... edit and splice things like commercials into the shows properly and... <laughs> Not not uh, accidentally replay in 
Uh, you can follow Chairshot Media. Uh, oh, that's true. Of course, the Chairshot.com and Chairshot Media at Chairshot Media on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. That way, you get information on all of the podcasts that drops. Um, real quick, we are going to be recording an episode of the hashtag Miranda Show, which we're going to go more in depth on Impact Wrestling's Rebellion. More thoughts uh, on Kenny Omega winning the championship. Probably a little bit more vulgar, um, plus some of the more interesting aspects of it, including the new X. Division champion, um, uh, and uh, you know, really, even just some previews and thoughts about Slammiversary uh, with Impact Wrestling playing some of the the same cards that they did last year. So um, the hashtag Miranda Show, part of the Chair Shot Radio Network, drops on Thursday. So make sure you listen to it and follow the Chair Shot at Chair Shot Media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Absolutely, and you can follow Greg Demarco at Chair Shot Greg as well. If you want, I, I suppose. Yeah, um, he'll 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 be back next week. To I'm assuming, or hopefully, he'll be back next week. He'll criticize my my poor soundbite play. He'll he'll feel jealous of our new best friend relationship. But we got to work on that T-shirt. That's a, that's a thing that must happen. It's gonna uh, happen. The, in I the know, meantime, I know, I know some people will get working on yeah, it. Yeah, we'll, we'll make it happen. But in the meantime, thank you very much for listening to this week's edition of Babyface Hill Podcast. We'll catch you next Wednesday on the ChairShot Radio Network, a part of thechairshot.com. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.